on electric. And now here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. It's a beautiful day in the Louisville area and throughout parts of Kentucky. I hope you're enjoying your workday. We should have a fun show planned for you. Joined, as always, with Trevor. Trevor, how are you? I am doing excellent, TJ. Good. Just uh, keeping my eye on Twitter and looking uh, anticipation for uh, Juwan Pass's decision. Juwan Pass, a very talented quarterback, will be announcing here any moment. I know there is a live stream going for going on for it. He's down to Louisville, Alabama, and Auburn. Correct. And he's a four-star quarterback from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, everything I've heard is he will end up at Louisville. So the Cards will be getting a another dual-threat quarterback. Uh, not really a position of need for a Louisville quarterback, but anytime a, a very talented, skilled quarterback is interested in your program, you're not going to say no to them, and you can bring them in and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, so that'd be a nice addition for Louisville, I'm expecting. Like his, I said, his brother does go to Louisville, which is always a little helpful uh, boost. Yeah, that that doesn't hurt. Um, trying to tra- speaking of recruiting and Louisville because they're probably going to get this good co- commit here uh, any minute. Trying to get Justin Rowland on of Cats Illustrated on the on the air today, and we're trying to figure able time to do it before four thirty. I'm just now finding out as the show is going on. We have this here. Uh, well, so finding out as the show is going on, we have this here. So Trevor, we're going to try taking his time getting to you. By the way, well, he's had a he's had a busy day. There's a lot going on with UK football recruiting, and that's why I wanted to get him on. And um, I don't know if this counts, but uh, as I watch uh, the uh, the past family at the table, the Louisville hat is in the middle, right in front of him. I don't know if that's a good sign or bad sign. Well, I I'm pretty good at reading hats in terms of. Hats they are because if you're going to commit to school, you're not going to put on a goofy looking hat. You're not going to put on a, a stupid hat. Uh, you're going to you're going to put on something that looks nice, something that looks good. And so I, I would need to see what the hat looks like. What's well, I'll tell I, you right now. It's the, the Auburn hat is the uh, it's your typical. Uh, it's uh, the dark navy with the Auburn script above the AU. Global's in the middle, full red with the, the traditional Cardinal head logo. And an Alabama hat looks a little faded, a lighter shade of red with the traditional Alabama A on it. Uh, Juwan is sitting there with uh, some of his family around him as well, mother and uh, other relatives. Has he begun speaking yet? Uh, I don't. It looks like they're still setting him up. I'm watching it on the feed, but I have it muted, obviously. Would you like to hear any volume? Uh, no, I'm okay. I, 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 but I, I do, I do want you to keep me. Updated. I bet if this was a Kentucky recruit, you'd be like, "Turn that crap up, Trevor! Why the hell am I still talking?" No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, okay, so we are going to have Justin rolling on. So uh, we're forget about this Louisville recruiting stuff. We're going to talk UK recruiting. Actually, we're going to talk more Louisville recruiting because Justin Rowland on Cats Illustrated wrote a great article about uh, UK and Louisville, not only going head to head, but just how they're recruiting in state. Uh, and, and which directions the programs are going, uh, and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to work this out while I'm talking, as you can probably Doesn't tell. I know you have a busy schedule. You're on a time frame. I mean, come on. I know he can't. What, what's he doing? He's just probably sitting around. Is he like Damone and uh, Fast Times? He's just sitting there watching like I Love Lucy and 
while texting you back, I don't know, I'm kind of busy, TJ. I'll see if I can <laughs> yeah. squeeze you in. Well, I got well, a lot he, on my plate right now. Justin, he goes about his, and and obviously he's the best in the business, but he his schedule is a little different than than mine or I think any normal person's. He gets up incredibly early, and that's when he gets a lot of his work done. Trevor, I know he gets his work done before you're even awake, but you don't wake <laughs> up till around till one. And pass has officially committed to Louisville, as expected. One on uh, a busy day, <laughs> but a but a, a huge pickup for Louisville is that's official. Uh, but he Roland gets all his work done very early in the morning, and then he and then he spends time with his kids and does does the family thing. Uh, but that's why we're lucky to get him on because he's 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 busy with his day and, and hanging out with his kids. So Justin or Trevor, call Justin when you can, please, and we'll get him on. Oh, hey, there's spot. a phone number on there. I didn't even notice it. It's there. I've been working. Do you want me going to get him on right now? Yes, please. Okay. You go, you start talking. I'll call Justin. You're supposed to talk, TJ. Oh, yeah. I thought you said you were going to talk while no. you called him. No. Uh, <laughs> how am I, I going to call him and talk at the same time? You mean you call him on the air live without even like doing a like a pre thing? You mean no, no. I, I, I'll talk. I'll talk. Okay, you talk and talk about how Louisville just landed another great recruit. <laughs> it, uh, not another one, but if you are curious where where the rankings are, not taking Juwan Pass into consideration, Kentucky's sitting at thirteen, if I'm not mistaken, in the in the team rankings. Uh, Louisville is much. A little further back, they are at number 37, obviously getting a four-star. This will be their first uh, – this will be, I guess, their second four-star in the class. That will move them up. I don't know exactly where. Uh, Kentucky sitting at 13, like I said earlier. A great spot. Again, it is summer, and you can't look too much into where teams rank in the summer. But uh, you'd, you'd obviously rather be closer to the top than closer to the bottom. So uh, Kentucky's doing fine. Louisville will be doing fine in recruiting. We're going to have Justin Rowland on uh, any moment now, and we're going to talk about both Kentucky and Louisville's recruiting program. It's a huge recruiting weekend for Kentucky. Uh, Louisville's going to get a lot of press for getting Juwan Pass, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's, it's a great get, but Kentucky can steal the news back in the state from a recruiting standpoint in just uh, a matter of days with, with the recruiting weekend they have going on. Uh, and like I said, we'll talk to Justin Rowland about that when Trevor gets him on the air. But uh, And that's right now. So let's head right into it from catsillustrated.com and rivals.com because he writes about plenty of other websites too. But uh, Kentucky is is the one that he, he dominates uh, day in and day out, does well for other sites. But Justin Rowland, Justin, how are you? I'm doing good, TJ. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for making the time and, and, and uh, squeezing on in here. No, no, I'm always happy to. It's just a matter of whether it's feasible and got some time. And always, always enjoy coming on the show. So, and we always appreciate having you on, without a doubt. But so Louisville just gets a, a commitment from Jawan Pass. Uh, that's going to kind of be the talk of the town, at least the town that I live in, uh, for the next few days. What do you know about him? I know you probably didn't really cover his recruitment, uh, but what do you know about him as a player, and what could he bring to to Louisville a few years down the road? I think he's a good player. He's got a phenomenal frame. He's huge. He's six five, probably two hundred and twenty pounds. He, I mean, he looks. Don't don't take this too far, but just just in terms of physique and stature at this point, he looks like Vince Young. 
And uh, and I think he's got some game savvy. I think he he runs really well. He can be devastating on the read option, get him in space, and he's not going to be the kind of quarterback that the defensive backs enjoy trying to bring down. I think that there are some questions about him as a passer that he's going to have to answer. It's not that he can't pass. He's had some good some good performances at some of the events that he's been to, and he's shown flashes. He's certainly more advanced as a runner than as a passer at this point. And I think it's interesting that Petrino has gone so knee-deep into the pool of, of dual-threat quarterbacks, which is really not not where he's had success in the past. But I guess we'll see how adaptable he is with the offense. And I know you're, you're speci- you specialize in recruiting and once they get to the team you still you still follow college football obviously like 90 percent of males in america but louisville has a log jam at quarterback so there's no way they're going to be able to keep all these guys some some guys are going to transfer yeah and you know i think if you look back to the class of 2012 just as an example you know these are guys that are still in college for the most part already a third of them have transferred from the school that they signed to so you know, quarterbacks believe that they're world beaters. A lot of them, you know, aren't aren't the most humble guys in the world. They they read their press clippings from a really young age, and they all have NFL aspirations. And I think a lot of them uh, go into college thinking that they're going to be the guy and don't understand what it's going to be like at the next level, and that there are a lot of other guys that are very talented that they are competing and vying for playing time as well. But Quarterback transfers are just a fact. They're a reality, and, and they're going to happen. And I guess what Petrino would probably say is it's better to have too many than not enough. And if you're bringing in a bunch of dual threats that you're going you're gonna to give the rock to and let them run, then, then durability is going to be an issue. So you'd rather have too many than not enough. Yeah, that, that's understandable. And you wrote a fantastic article that anybody can read on com right now about Kentucky and Louisville and in-state recruiting and kind of just overall the bigger picture of recruiting. Um, anybody should read it because that's the best way to learn everything from that article. But kind of sum it up. Which direct? Which directions are these programs going? Uh, what's the sense in-state for a kid, uh, any part of the state, when he's coming and being recruited from Kentucky, Louisville? Who kind of leads in those recruitments? Well, start, start locally in the state of Kentucky – there's really not much of interest compared to a lot of other in-state rivalries. You think about Alabama and Auburn, just the way that they go after kids every year in their state, and Florida and Florida State, and even even you know to a lesser degree in some other places, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, but but Kentucky and Louisville are just drawing from such a small pool of players in the state, and the dynamics of the state are such that the vast majority of kids outside of Louisville are going to favor Kentucky or a, a big-time program outside the state, and the kids close to Louisville generally are going to be a little bit more favorable to them than to Kentucky. Um, so considering the talent density that's in Louisville, you have, you have to figure that, that on par, Kentucky's got an advantage in state, but you know Louisville has proven that, that it's not really essential to, to fill the roster with a lot of in-state guys. In Ohio, Kentucky obviously has the advantage in Ohio right now, in the South, just depending on where you're talking about, uh, they're both going to get their share. Louisville people will make the case that that's where they've thrived, and they certainly have thrived over the years, plucking talent from the South, identifying talent, developing talent. And they've always had a coaching staff with extensive ties to the South. So, so the important thing to look at is where assistant coaches at Kentucky and Louisville have histories, uh, personal histories, playing histories, 
coaching histories, and that's where schools are really going to hammer. Vince Morrow is kind of an X factor because he's one guy, and he's like half of Kentucky's commitments um, as far as the coach putting in the work. But Louisville is is pretty standard. The assistants are from the South. That's where they're going to recruit. Big recruiting weekend for Kentucky with a, a surprise visitor that you hinted at much earlier in the week. What's What are the details about this weekend and how important is it for Kentucky to make a good impression on some of these guys? Right. Well, without giving everything away, um, Tate Levitt is the junior college offensive tackle that's going to be in this weekend. It's an official visit. We on Rivals have him as a pretty high four-star kid and somebody that would very likely come in and start both in 2016 and 2017. At least that's what the Kentucky coaches are telling him. I think Kentucky's got to be considered the odds-on favorite for him. If people are expecting him to commit this weekend, I would say to kind of temper the expectations a little bit. It's certainly possible, but he's tentatively planning to take some other visits to like Illinois and Oklahoma and Missouri after he visits Kentucky. But, you know, I think Kentucky's definitely in great shape there. Um, there's going to be a lot of other kids, 2016, 2017, 2018 kids from all over the South that are coming up trying to earn scholarship offers. They're really a precious few amount of scholarships remaining for 2016 kids. But uh, but we can tease that it looks like uh, things things are very positive with Minnesota transfer De Niro Laster, who's a linebacker. He probably wouldn't be eligible to play until 2016, but this is a guy that, that played in the Big Ten. He, he played in nine games as a young player, and from what I've heard, people at Kentucky are really enamored with this guy and his edge-rushing ability, stand-up outside linebacker, get after the quarterback, um, so there could be a transfer, and then I'm expecting a 2017 commitment tomorrow. I don't want to give that away out of respect to the kid, but I can say that it's an athletic, it's an athletic defensive player that really gets after it, and he's got a he's got a pretty nice offer or two out there. Jeez, uh, that is shaping up to be a huge weekend for UK and also a potential commitment. So everybody needs to be keeping their eyes on CatsIllustrated.com, without a doubt. And then. Looking forward to this season, especially some of the freshmen, some of the 2015 guys. I know you made a post saying most of the guys are good to go that didn't enroll early and should be getting uh, to campus. Is there anybody that UK fans need to keep an eye out on and, and think, hey, maybe he's not gonna not gonna be there? That you can say. Well, certainly there was the coach from the Lackawanna um, assistant community college um, about Javon Provit. He's he's not going to be at Kentucky, and that was kind of expected. There were some questions about Provit, uh, whether he's going to make it academically, and, and recently I heard that he probably wasn't going to make it, and it looks like he's going to have to go the JUCO route. That's a little bit damaging this year uh, because he's 6'3", 3'15", 320, college-ready frame, but you never want a defensive tackle to have to play as a true freshman. That's more of a hit to the depth in the 2016 and the 2017 classes, and I think consequently they're going to have to add a third defensive tackle, maybe even a junior college defensive tackle or a high school guy, um, just to comp- just, just to kind of to, to counterbalance the loss of Provit. And there is one other player, and out of respect to him, and the fact that I don't know the details, um, I don't want to speculate on grades unless um, unless it becomes a pretty pretty sure thing. But there is one other player. Is an out-of-state kid that uh, that I heard recently probably was not going to make it, and I'm not sure what route he would likely go. But I'm but I am pretty confident that there will be at least one more one more that doesn't make it. But two out of a class of what you know whatever they have there, but just under 25 is not is not outside the norm. No, it, it's not, and it's it's unfortunate. But I, I do think some of these coaches when they get these kids, they know that there's going to be some question marks surrounding them, and they hope that they work out. 
uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibility where it doesn't, like you said in this case, where potentially it ends up with two guys. So we've seen the depth chart, and obviously they're not going to put freshmen that aren't on campus on the depth chart. So what are some other what are some guys that will be getting to campus here pretty soon that you think could make an impact uh, that that aren't currently on the depth chart? One guy that I've heard actually um, impress people just in terms of his physique and the way that he showed up uh, was actually Josh Allen, the the defensive end outside linebacker from New Jersey that was really a late addition, partially because of all the other decommitments. And he he was somebody that, uh, I don't want to say there weren't expectations for, but somebody that I think people people weren't really thinking that this guy was going to come in and uh, and make a huge impact, and I do think that that he's gonna he's gonna be able to come in and, and make some some level of an impact. Um, six four, two twenty, a little bit bigger than people thought he was. He was an all state receiver in Alabama as a junior, all state uh, defensive player in New Jersey uh, last year. So he's proven to be adaptable, pretty athletic kid. So Josh Allen's one to watch out for. Um, you know, I guess we just have to wait and see beyond that. Some of the receivers, Jabari Greenwood, you never know how they're going to they're going to build a rapport with the quarterback. And and obviously, of the early enrollees, it looks like George Osafo and uh, C.J. Conrad are going to be the two that are the most likely to contribute. Yeah, without a doubt, those two guys I would imagine would have a big impact. And coaches have been talking about uh, their potential impact heading into next year. And we're speaking with Justin Rowland, CatsIllustrated dot com, Rivals dot com. Last question for you, Justin. You, you talk to all these kids. You talk to a lot of kids that don't end up going to Kentucky, but you, you, you kind of get to pick all these guys' brains. And this is kind of just a, I've been curious about this, but how much do they bring up the, the new Commonwealth Stadium, the new practice facility to you when they were talking about things they like about Kentucky? How important are these facility upgrades in terms of Kentucky being able to keep up with some of their competitors? Very important, and everybody talks about them. And I, you know, part of that's because they're really impressive, and a lot of the guys that you talk to say that they're not just impressive, but in some respects, they're more impressive than some of the best others in the SEC. And you will know, see how long that lasts because Georgia and Alabama and LSU aren't going to stop doing facility upgrades anytime soon. It's really an ongoing arms race that you have to do every few years. And one recruit, one recruit's mother actually told me. Uh, I mean, she made a great point. If you're not building now, you're going to be behind tomorrow. And so, you know, the, the temptation is going to be to sit on these new facilities for a while and see how long we can, we can. Uh, this is their thinking, how long we can go without doing it again. But they're going to have to, they're going to have to keep building. Um, the reason so many kids talk about it is because that's what the coaches talk about with them. That's a big part of the, the campus tour, the athletic facility tour. It's a big part of selling the future. You know, we're in year three, so they, they can still sell the future in a few respects. One of them is, hey, all these young players are going to be coming up in the program and making a big impact and turning things around. But also, you're going to be the first classes that get to be in the new Commonwealth Stadium, that get to see all these facilities that are going to be compact in one central location. And, uh, and it's definitely a big draw. You know, talking about the future works, you know, no matter where you're at as a program. And they, they talk about that to no end with the guys that visit. And that I've, I, you know, it's they've put a, a big emphasis on this. They've been talking about facility upgrades since Rich Brook, Brooks' days at Kentucky, and finally it's come to fruition. There's going to be a new Commonwealth Stadium for fans uh, to check out this year. But Justin, I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us and enjoy the rest of your day. You're the best out there, man. 
Thank you, TJ. Have a good one. You too. That's Justin Rowland, a co-worker of mine on CatsIllustrated.com. He covers the football side of things. I cover the basketball, uh, and he is, I, you know, I, I, I sound like I'm sucking up to him a little bit, but he really is the best in the business, and he's just an awesome, super nice guy, and I do appreciate him coming on with us and a lot of good UK football recruiting tidbits there. Uh, we're going to head to commercial break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about what Justin had to say Uh Trevor, I'm sure you know with him saying some things about Louisville. Maybe you have, maybe you have something to chime in there. So we'll we'll, we'll come so, back. I was with, wondering, do you describe me when you talk about like you talk about Justin right there when you're talking to other people about me? Do you, do you describe me in the same way? I we I guess technically we are coworkers, and I, I speak very highly of you, Trevor. Okay, I was just curious if you describe me the same way you describe Justin, because if not, I, I'm going to be very jealous. I speak very highly of people I like. I, I like you. I like Justin. Uh, I like most of our, most of our listeners. I, I like all of our listeners. There's a couple of my despise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop, stop listening. No, uh, no. But that's uh, you know he he helps me out and I appreciate it. You help me out. I appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna head to commercial break and we'll come back and the love fest will continue. So stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. No shirt, no shoes, no, no dive show. <laughs> Presented by Allen Electric. When she was an American girl Raised up in provinces She couldn't help thinking that there were back. The sports star T.J. Walker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky, and first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP. For any electrical service, Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. So, Trevor, what would you take away from what old J.R. had to say in the first segment? Uh, I was kind of reading more of the Juwan Pass information while you talked to him. <laughs> you weren't paying attention? I knew you were going to say you weren't paying attention. I was... I was intrigued on something else. I wanted. I was got. I almost wanted to text Justin while he was talking and have him drop just a, a bomb on Louisville or make a a very rude <laughs> remark about Louisville I, just to see if that would have caught your attention. I did catch one thing that did catch my attention, and I just no disrespect. Hey, listen, you guys are talking Kentucky, and I I do listen a little bit, but I was also intrigued in my own favorite team signing one of their biggest recruits, especially at least under the Bobby Trino, the new second Bobby Trino regime, but. Uh, I, the one thing that did catch my ear was he said he knew of a huge, a nice recruit that I guess I'm assuming Kentucky was getting, but wasn't going to give us any hints. Do you have any guesses? The, he was talking about a 2017 guy, and I, I do have a guess. <laughs> I, 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 do you I know, know or are you guessing? I, no, I, I know. I know who the player is, Justin told me. Uh, so I'm not going to say it on the air. If Justin <laughs> wouldn't say it, I'm not going to say it. Uh, you, you do want to respect the kid's decision. Uh, get let him announce it on his own. I'm sure there will be another website 
that will come out with it first. That's you know, I, again, I, I really I'm really talking of Justin. I don't I don't want to do that. Uh, well, I, you know, I I want to do it, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. But that's a the bit thing. of a man crush on him. That's okay. Is, is well, he 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 does a lot of good for our site. So uh, that does good for me. It does good for everybody. But uh, what what Justin will do is he'll post something on the board. He posted about this this potential transfer from Minnesota, uh, Denario Laster, and um, who's a who's a really good player. He posted about him on Sunday or Monday. But he didn't say who it was. He said, we've got some other good news this weekend. Another guy's going to visit. It seems likely he could commit. I can't say who it is. I promise not to say. I'll give you all a few hints on who it could be, and I'll let you all speculate. So and then, sure enough, it's, it's, it's fun. If you're, it's fun to participate in these, uh, in these hunts, these witch hunts on the board. Hey, we so got, people we specul- got trivia later today. Who doesn't love trivia? Uh, we, we, exactly. Uh, we've got So people will guess. They'll speculate. Justin might come in, drop another hint. They'll speculate, speculate, and they'll eventually either figure it out, or the decision, or or Justin will just flat out say who it is. But it's funny because other websites are also on our board. They'll see what people are saying. They'll be able to put two and two together, or they'll start reaching out and calling people to figure out who it is. So Justin's okay if other people break the news first uh, because he'll have the news first. He won't give names on it, but he'll know. Uh, so it's funny to see how that is. So I'm sure somebody else will say who that 2017 recruit is. I'm sure that somebody else will spoil that guy's moment. But um, it won't be you. But it won't be me. It won't be Justin. Uh, but we. But you. All you got to know is that there's likely going to be a commit from the 2017 class, a really good defender, uh, and that should be enough to hold you over until the names become official on who that would be. Um, I thought his take on the. Louisville and Kentucky and recruiting in the Commonwealth uh, was interesting. It does seem like Kentucky has has really been dominating recruiting in state, and, and he he makes a good point that you know if you're going if if Louisville and Kentucky go head to head in a state, it if you're losing in Kentucky, that's probably the state you choose to lose in. But it's still nice to know because there aren't a ton of four or five star guys that come out of the Commonwealth every single year. But if the general consensus, if the trend is for them to go to Kentucky, that's huge for UK. It is. And they have been really cleaning up around the state. In Louisville, it's been a different story. But even that, it's not like Louisville's dominating. It's probably 50-50 in terms of good prospects inside the city. To, to and, me, it's and, usually Louisville has the city and Kentucky has the state. Does that, does that sound right to you? Does that make well, sense? It, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Yes. I mean, it's uh, like that in ba- I know people say it's the same thing in basketball, and they, we, Louisville's gone outside the city limits on occasion. I don't think Rogers comes to mind. Kentucky's come into the city limits, Winston Bennett. But in football, it seems for the most part, especially your bigger names, uh, it seems the football kids, usually the city kids, pick Louisville and the out-of-city out of, out of kids. If they don't pick Kentucky, they usually go out-of-state to Alabama more normally than often when it's the big-time recruits or Ohio State. Well, it used to be even in Rich Brooks and and certainly in the Joker era, where in-state kids, regardless of where they were from, they were certainly no lock to go to Kentucky or UK. Never even seemed like the leader, and Louisville could get some of those guys as well. And then uh, since Stoops has, and then with Louisville guys, it was almost hands off. They're they're going to go to Louisville with the exception of maybe a few guys. When Stoops took over, uh, outside of Louisville, it's really been all Kentucky for the most part. 
Um, and in and, and the Louis, and, and the city of Louisville, UK has been more competitive and almost made it 50-50 with a lot of guys, which has never happened. So it has changed. It's moving in the right direction for UK. And we were I was talking with some of my Louisville friends, and they were kind of going back and forth about how UK fans just always fall back on recruiting. Well, they don't always fall back on recruiting because they haven't always been able to. And I'm perfectly okay with people bragging about recruiting as long as it's within a three- to four-year window. Now, once you get outside that three- to four-year window, if you're still bragging about recruiting but the results on the field aren't catching up to the recruiting success, then you kind of lose that ticket. So that's why this year's UofL UK game is so important to Kentucky, and certainly next year's. It's because now Stoops is getting all his guys in, and all this recruiting and all the, the fun summers when UK was ranked number one in recruiting for a short time and top 30 classes and uh, all that's good and great, but eventually it, ha- it does have to translate on the field. Now, I do think you deserve a three- to four-year window, and UK still working on that, but there's no shame in, in celebrating or being happy about good recruiting classes, strong recruits, and, and and look at all the Louisville fans right now that are celebrating Juwan Pass. And the Auburn Alabama fans who suddenly think he sucks. But uh, you know, I, I I agree. I see no. I know I don't get over. And I, I say that, and here I am being the the opposite hypocrite over here bragging about Juwan Pass. But I, I do get pumped, but I don't get overly excited. I, I know it's. Recruiting is like watching a, a trailer to a good movie. You know, when he saw Jurassic World trailers, we, you and me both thought, man, I can't wait to see that. It looks awesome. Sometimes you get there and, you know, the movie's not any good. It doesn't match the trailer. Sometimes it blows the trailer away and, and equals it or even surpasses it. That's how recruiting is to me. It's like seeing a trailer to a movie and you just got to wait six months sometimes or even longer before you can actually see the result and decide for yourself. Yeah, and that's well said. It's recruits pan out. They don't pan out. Sometimes you'll have a guy like Randall Cobb who didn't have much fanfare. He comes in and is debatably one of the better players in UK football history. Yeah. So, yeah, and Louisville's done a good job of, of Latin, especially under uh, Petrino, finding those two stars and kind of turning them into players as they come along. Louisville, uh, but you know, it's also nice to also see a guy like a four slash five star, depending on who you ask, I guess, for Juwan Pass uh, picking Louisville. It's, it's nice to see the. And to go back into my metaphor of. Uh, of, of movie teasers, it's sometimes you know the indie films are nice, but sometimes you kind of get excited about a big budget film. Yeah, and that's that's understandable. Uh, speaking of some UK football news, single game tickets for this upcoming season go on sale July 27th, and I'm going to spend the rest of this segment here talking about. And, and there's still tickets available for the season opener on September 5th. Uh, they haven't sold out of season tickets, obviously. How important it is for UK to be able to sell out that first game of the year. I, I can't really emphasize that enough. And if UK doesn't sell that game out, then Kentucky fans should be ashamed. I mean, they really should. Are you playing UL Lafayette? Louisiana Lafayette, 7 o'clock. It's a night game on September 5th. Isn't that there where the is... reporter that got mad at you all is from? No, I wish it was. I wish it would have been. <laughs> no, that's Louisiana Monroe. I oh, wish okay, my bad. that old. I wish that old tabby would be coming back to the Commonwealth. <laughs> I couldn't. Re- I knew it was a Louisiana school. I, I apologize to Tabby she th- for getting. She thought people were rude to her before, <laughs> and then she goes and writes a column, which I would imagine would be her most read column in the history of her writing career, ripping people for being mean. When, by all accounts, and I know a lot of people that were sitting right next to her, uh, said none, none of that, none of those things happened. 
She said that UK media members were celebrating a Louisiana Monroe player being injured and then saying that he needed to get up because he was just faking it and wasting time. And uh, none of those things happened. Didn't mean to I get mean, you on a side, side rant. I apologize. I could talk about that forever. And then a, a radio show in Louisville brings her on to talk about her nightmarish experience. What a joke. Nightmarish experience. She, what, went, I mean, she went through hell, TJ. Hell, uh, I tell you. That poor reporter, uh, just just awful. And it's it, like and then, POW oh camp. I I'm sure throughout my career, not just on this radio show, but also when I've just done one on one interviews with recruits, I'm sure I've had some bad interviews. Where if I were to look back, I'd say, well, I should I should have asked better questions. I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have even written a story on that person to begin with. But the fact that a radio show brought her on. And basically just said, wow, so those Kentucky guys are really mean, huh? Tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they're jerks. And then later on ended that interview by saying, well, we play those guys at the end of the year. We'll take care of them for you. And then, I mean, that's terrible in itself, Trevor. I mean, that is awful in itself for you to do that. And it makes you the biggest loser in the world in my book. But her response was also really bad. She said something along the lines of, I hope so. And then something along the lines of, they get LSU on their homecoming game. I hope LSU takes care of them, too. As if, well, I mean, what is wrong with people? Hold on, hold on. I've got to write this down. Never bring up UL Monroe or word tabby to <laughs> TJ. I, I, got, I got to make a mental note of this and write this down because I'll forget. I, I do... Um... I I don't like I don't really like her. Yeah, I, I kind of got that gist. <laughs> I don't know her as a as a person. I'm sure she's a, a great person. I think she may be a, a cancer survivor too, which great for her and um, happy to happy. I'm sure she's a very strong woman. But her as a reporter, that was that was a big mistake. What uh, she did, it was just silly to do that. Back to the original uh, point before I, I I got you on a four minute. Uh, he did debate, or not even a debate, but he did t- uh, tirade over uh, Tabby of UL Monroe. Uh, I don't know how it really, I mean, is it that big of an end-all, be-all importance that you sell out you, Louisiana uh, Lafayette? Yes. I mean, yes. it is UL, yes. I'm, I'm sorry, but it is UL Lafayette. I mean, it's... And here, well, here's why. It's a brand new Commonwealth Stadium. It's another year, Kentucky ended last year so horribly, I think this would say a lot to be able to sell out the first game to say, hey, uh, things didn't go the way at the end of last year. We didn't make a bowl where it looked like we had a great shot at it. Uh, we've, it it's basically a fresh start. It's a new start, and Kentucky can support football 110%. Uh, yes, Louisiana Lafayette stinks, and UK should win that game 45-7, to but it's a new stadium. It's a night game. All your excuses, all the old UK football excuses of, well, it's at noon, I'm not getting up, Commonwealth Stadium's a dump, I go there, I never have service, it's not fun, it's going to be too hot. You're not going to be able to use those excuses. It's not that You're big not. of a dump. They just remodeled it just what's less than five or six years ago before this remodel. When, when, no, did, when did they remodel no, they, it before the UofL game, when they, when they filled, out the, made it a, a, filled it out completely? A bowl? I think that was 99. Has that been that God, Lord, has it been that long? It's been a very long time. I never went in Commonwealth when it wasn't filled out as a bowl. Wow. But it, it was 99, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it, it Commonwealth Stadium wasn't great. It wasn't a great fan experience. It, it was kind of like just an oversized high school stadium where uh, you have been to nicer places and it made you scratch your head about how UK couldn't really keep up. That's changed now, Trevor. It is very, very important to sell out that first game. I, I, I know that 
at the end of the day, it's not if they are short by a few thousand, UK is still going to win. But I think it would just speak volumes to the program and, and kind of validate the job that Mark Stoops is doing because uh, he's obviously working his tail off and the, the staff is working their tail off to get some good recruits in here. Let's see if the fans, it, it's kind of a put up or shut up scenario. So many people have complained and moaned and groaned about UK football. Well, there is some promise heading into this year. I don't think people are predicting UK to go 10-2 and two or anything crazy like that, although there is a, a, a little nugget that I'm going to talk about in the next segment. But it is a season where, okay, it, it seems like we could make a bowl. seems like UK could make a bowl. That's what UK fans should be telling themselves. Start off the season strong by showing up to that game when tickets are certainly going to be available, and go check out Commonwealth Stadium, if nothing else. If you don't want to go there and watch UK pummel an opponent as if that's some luxury Kentucky fans have been able to watch and experience over the past few years, uh, spoiler alert, it hasn't been, then go there just to check out the stadium. But even along those lines, you're going to get to see new players. You're going to see players that you haven't seen. You're going to see some of the older guys and, and see how they've progressed. Uh, you get to see how Patrick Tolls, where he's at as a quarterback, or I guess Trevor, maybe Drew Barker. Ooh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? But that's really, that should be, if you're a UK fan and you don't have tickets, uh, you should try to get them. Uh, go for the tailgate. Go, go. you know, I'm not going to promote uh, drinking a lot before a football game, but go and have a, a few glasses of bourbon and then head in, if nothing else. Go for the experience. Because the next home game after that is going to be September 19th against Florida. You probably won't be able to get a ticket for that one. That one will, without a doubt, be sold out. So I, I think that's a big challenge for UK fans to be able to sell out the home opener and, and kind of right. I, I think it'd be starting the season right. What would be worst-case scenario? You don't sell out. You get beat by UL Lafayette. What is the reaction to this program after week one? If they don't sell out, well, if they don't, it doesn't really matter if they sell out or don't sell out. But if they lose to Louisiana Lafayette, who, by the uh, way, I, is coming off a nine and four season, even though they lost the starting quarterback, they've won nine games four years in a row, including four. You always goals. do this where you think Kentucky's going to lose to I'm these not, bad. No, teams. I'm not telling you they're going to lose. I'm telling you just don't dismiss them because their school name is Louisiana Lafayette. I'm, I'm dismissing them not because their name is Louisiana Lafayette, just because Kentucky is a much more talented football team. And I'm not saying that Kentucky isn't a more talented football team, but Kentucky always more, do this. But Trevor. they've been more talented. They were more talented than Western, and they didn't beat them. But that was Mark Soup's first year. Oh well, that was, and I don't even know if Kentucky was more talented. To be honest, I'm just, saying, I'm just telling you, but, don't overlook them. Don't go in there thinking you're going to get a cupcake uh, division two Kentucky, victory. Louisiana Lafayette. I, you know, I don't care, but I'll, we'll bet candy. I'll give you 24 points. You'll give me. 20 I'll give you 24 points, and I probably would. You could probably talk me into more. Can I talk you into 30? Probably. We can. We can talk about this closer to the game. But they're going to beat Louisiana Lafayette. But for a hypothetical case, if they were to lose, it, the whole season would deflate because they're over, then that pro- likely done. That likely. What's that? This, you're talking about over deflate overdone. Uh, yes. Yeah. It it it, it would be like popping a balloon. You go into South Carolina the next week, you're, you're likely going to lose that. Then you come back for Florida 0-2. If they were able to beat Florida, that could that could get some win back in the sails, and you'd have to see what they do against Missouri. But that would really make that Missouri game a must-win, assuming you beat Florida. It Basically, every winnable game at that point would become a must-win. So if, Florida would be a must-win. 
Missouri would be a, nuts, a, a must win. Eastern Kentucky would be. And if you got to that point where you're 3-2 and two and Alabama comes to town, uh, I think you could rebuild that excitement that you had at the start of the season, uh, but it would be very, very troubling and detrimental to the bowl chances if that were the case. Ole Miss uh, hosted Louisiana Lafayette last year and beat them 56-15, so maybe you might be right. I I am right, Trevor. I you always you did this last year. You did this last year. I do it every team. year for every year. I do it with Louisville too. So Nick still Nick Copy still reminding me how I told Louisville to look out for Ohio. They beat them thirty to nothing. Yeah, and that Ohio team ended up winning nine games. I think that year or something though. I don't so, get yeah. what why you do this. We're gonna head to commercial break. Maybe we'll come back and talk about why you do this. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be right back here on fourteen fifty. The Sports Buzz. Stick around. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard, you never thought that. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geek Bloods, Waste Toys, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. We're back here, 1450 of Sports Buzz. Some good debate, lively football debate, uh, for the first hour of today's show. It's not going to stop, uh, I would imagine. We've got some text into the show I need to read. First, uh, Trevor, are you going to Forecastle this weekend? Um, you know, honestly, it wasn't until about 30 minutes before I got here at the studio, about 3.20. Uh, well, I didn't get, I got to about 3.40. So, you know, 20 minutes before I got to the studio, I realized Forecastle was this weekend. For some reason, I thought it was in August. No, it's. I think it's. It's always. It's generally during Peach Jam, and it was going to be during Peach Jam this year, but Peach Jam just randomly, like a month ago, moved their schedule up a week, and so this would actually be the first weekend that I would be able to go. Uh, but I'm not going. <laughs> I, I would have. If this was last year's lineup, which I really wanted to go to last year's, but I had planned. I didn't realize it again. I'd planned my vacation, so actually I was in Boston. Uh, during the time of Forecastle last year, so I, I unfortunately didn't get to go, and I really wanted to go last year because I wanted to see Gary Clark Jr. Uh, I wanted to see uh, a lot of the Wu, um, uh, Wu Tang Clan, obviously, but uh, Outcast. Uh, Outcast, thank you. Uh, I wanted yeah. to see uh, there was uh, there was other artists I wanted to see this year. Uh, Sammy Smith, I'm not really could care less about him. I think he's tomorrow night. Uh, My Morning Jacket, I'm not. Really, you I don't, don't like my morning jacket. I don't mind. I like my morning. I do, but and I like and I don't mind widespread panic is either. But I'm not a big jam band guy. Does that if if you know what you know what I mean by that? No, I, just, I know what you mean. I'm not. A, I you would think I would because it's right up my hippie alley. I mean, you think I'd be right up there? You know, call myself Moonbeam and rolling around. You know, like I'm I'm lost in space with no gravity, but. Uh, no, I, I'm not really. I'm never really big into the jam bands, so it's not why I don't mind the festivals. Uh, I've never been to Forecastle. I would go if it was intriguing enough for me to want to go, but this isn't the lineup that wants me to get out there and 
and and, and drank the beer beer my my weight in beer just to try to get at least a little buzz because I sweat it out as I as I swallow it. So you're telling me you don't want to go watch Diarrhea Planet play? <laughs> yeah, I can see that after a night at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that's a band name. Uh, I do. I those are things you and, do when you're a kid. Like uh, there's been many interviews where I've seen where Green Day now looks back on calling themselves both Green Day and their first album Dookie as being. Uh, yeah, I kind of wish we hadn't done that. I guess we didn't realize we might be famous in ten years, and we thought, "What the hell? It's funny now. We might. This might be our only chance." Yeah, I, here's so I was actually open to the idea of going. Um, I, I would like to see my morning jacket. I would like to see Modest Mouth. I like Hound Mouth. Uh, there's, I've met there's, them. You have. They were. They've. They've actually done uh, not once but twice done music from our studio. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, one of our weekend shows. Uh, my man Big Nasty, who uh, he he's big into the music scene. I I'm I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know who they were when I met them. Yeah, Yates I think was here for one of them, but. Uh, he knew who they were, and he had them come in. They did uh, they did some songs here live in our studio. Well, that's awesome. I did not know they, that. They've a... been here more than they've been in our studio doing stuff on the air more than you have. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, but so those are some bands that I would like to see. And if if I fell into some tickets, well, I guess it'd have to be tomorrow or Sunday. I'd I'd entertain the idea. Uh, Saturday, United States plays in the Gold Cup, so I'd rather watch that <laughs> than go watch live music. But uh, with the weather. With it being 95 degrees, Ooh. which in Louisville, that might as well be 105, I'd obviously like to go and enjoy a few beers. You know how hard it'd be to be able to get a buzz with the weather like that? Well, that's what I said. You're just, you you would have to drink your weight in beer, probably even not more, because as you t- every drink you take, you are literally sweating it out. I mean, you know the old outage, the old saying, you don't buy it, you rent it? Well, you don't even have a chance to rent it when you're sweating it out as quickly as you are in weather like that. Yeah, uh, with, with you'll drink six you know, beers and be like, I'm still thirsty and I'm very sober. What is going on with this? And world? and it just dehydrates you more yeah. than anything too. So, uh, yeah. So that so I'm not. So if I fall into some tickets, maybe I'd go on Sunday. Tomorrow probably seems unlikely. Uh, but all my friends are really into it, and they they couldn't be more excited about it. Um, it just doesn't doesn't pump me up as much. But I know uh, everybody that goes generally has a good time. So if you're going down there, stay hydrated, have fun, stay safe. Um, but it, uh, I think it's good for Louisville to be able to to put on a show like this. I know the the flooding of the river was a concern, but uh, being told that that's not going to be an issue for any of the shows. So last concert you went to, TJ? Uh, it was some. It was I, I don't even I couldn't even tell you who it was. It was somebody at headliners? Oh, you had that good a time, huh, buddy? Well, <laughs> I, I, my friends are kind of musical hippies. They're not really hippies, but they like. They love going to live shows. Um, there's a friend of mine, him and his girlfriend, will spend thousands of dollars on music festivals. They went up to one, and I think they went to Governor's Ball in New York. And uh, so I, I didn't have any plan, or I, I don't. I, I guess they asked me or said that I should really go check out this band with them. I think they just wanted more people to tag along with them. So I went and went to Headliners. And I, I, if you told me the name, I would remember it. I don't know it off the top of my head. But they were pretty good. Uh, you know, I enjoyed myself. It was fun. First concert but you ever went to? First concert I ever went to. And if it's embarrassing, spill it out. I'll tell you my I'd, first one if you want to know. I think it was Brad Paisley. That's not that bad. Which, no, I'm I'm okay with that. That was that was pretty fun. Uh, my it first. Was, it was outdoor. The weather was perfect. It was good. My first was Rudolph Yankovic and the Monkees. 
Are you? Is that embarrassing? No, not not to me. I have no problem with it. And though, even though I fell asleep uh, halfway through the monkeys, apparently I don't. I was what, seven, eight years old when I went to it. Oh, I thought you were going to be like twenty-one or twenty-two. No, and I'd have gone. Say, hell, I'd have gone to see where fall asleep. I'd have gone to see the monkeys and where I can make at that age too. When I, when you say fall asleep, I was wondering what you meant. If, if, uh, this is not a good sign for forecast. So I just texted Yates and just was like, "Hey, are you going to forecastle?" Quotes probably stupid questioning because he's he's a big band guy, loves those uh, festivals. He said no, pretty m mm, mm lineup this year. So if oh. Yates is not if Yates is passing on. That's not a good sign for forecastle. Well, the thing is. Uh, my morning jacket on a national scale, I think people like them, but it's more of a oh Louisville, yeah, my morning jacket, we love them. I, I really like They're Modest local. Mouse. I, I really like Modest Mouse, and then Houndmouth is still kind of coming up. So it's yeah, it, it doesn't seem like the the best lineup forecast has ever had. Last question for you: best concert you've ever been to? Best concert I've ever been the to. First, last, now best. <sighs> the one you walked I, away thinking, man, that was freaking awesome. I, I, I would have paid twice as much to see that show. Best concert I've ever been to is kind of funny because they're not a big band at all. It's, right. it's it's Mojo Flow, which I'm sure you've never heard of. Not a clue. And and they they play at like Gerstles in Louisville and, and bars similar to that. Uh, they they have they've they've played in bigger venues and bigger shows. I don't even think they've made music festivals like this. Although they I think they certainly should. Uh, but man, they are the best, and they just put on a show. And I'm not much of a dancer, but I can't help finding myself tapping on the floor when. When they're going at it, and they've not, got a guy with a saxophone, and they they've got nice. everything. You're not much of a concert guy, are you? No, I'm not. I was gonna say because in those three questions, I got a band I don't remember, uh, a band I've never heard of, which was your best show, but that's not a disgrace, disgrace of the band, but the fact you said it was at Gerstles was does kind of downplay them a little bit. And then of course the first concert, at least, was Brad Paisley, which was somewhat of a big name. I'm I mean, not a big, is a big name, guy. I guess. Clavy116 says his first concert was LFO and Britney Spears. He said he couldn't be happier. <laughs> Nothing better than LFO. Well, there's an age difference between me and uh, him right there. I don't think I was, yeah. I was about 20 when she came out. Uh, yeah. Some of my other first concerts, I went and saw the Jets, which was uh, very popular, and then uh, Miami Sound Machine. That was one of my first concerts. My best concert by far was probably a tie between Roger Waters and The Wall, which was my last concert, and uh, when I saw Page and Plant, which is basically Zeppelin without Bonham. Uh, in '97 at Indianapolis, they played three hours. It was I mean, it was an awesome show, and I was in like the fourth or fifth row, center stage. That does sound pretty awesome. Just to be that close, I think I would probably enjoy listening to anybody being that close. But we need to head to commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus. You're the sports talker with T.J. Walker. I could come back later, Mr. Harkin. Oh, no, no, no. It's just uh, parent stuff. It, it seems that our youngest, Chris, was on something called acid and was firing a bow and arrow into a crowd. Hmm. You know how kids are. Presented by Allen Electric.
We're back here. One final segment, 1450, the sports buzz. It's almost 10 past the hour. Hopefully you're off work. Hopefully you're on your drive home and you've just got one more work day to get through before you can kick back into the weekend, a very hot and sticky weekend here in Louisville. I got to get something off my chest, DJ. This just kind of bothers me at the break. I was thinking about this. You are you are at the prime concert age of your life. You're, what, 23 years old? How old are you? I'm 24 years 24 young. 24 years young. You are in the prime where you can do three-day festivals and still wake up each day with ready to get a little hair on the dog. You're, you're at the time where you can drive overnight and party till 5 in the morning and go to get some IHOP breakfast and, and get ready to get back going with just a little bit of a, a, a intermission between shows. I mean, you're in that area. At your age, I was doing, you know, OzFests and, and going to, to concerts and driving overnight. And, hell, when I was 16, I, I, me and my friends got in the car. We drove to Miami. We spent two hours on the beach and drove straight back. Uh why? I mean, is it just you don't like music? What is what is the... Uh, no, I like cause, music. Because in I, 10 years, you're going to look back, and you're going to be my age at this point. You're going to go, man, I, I wish I could go to that. Man, I can't do it now. Why can't you do it now? I'm just... I, I'm too old for... As, as Murdoch would say, I'm too old for that stuff. Yeah, age is just a number, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I will use that excuse when I'm, when I'm picking up ladies. That's, you were so weird. You were just <laughs> such a weird person. Uh, but no, I I have a good time when I go to music events. I just I I don't really want to spend money on it unless I I'm convinced that I should do it. That's so you're cheap. I'd rather spend. Uh, no, I'm not cheap. I'd rather spend money on other things. Well, who would be the one concert you you would you would drop three you would drop three digits on? You'd put a hundred bucks to see a ticket for. I don't know. I mean, probably a lot of people. If all if all my friends are doing, I'm more what about are your just friends having, are doing. What are you just a group guy? Come on, man! Don't be that dude. I I, I really am just about having a, a good time. It's it's like the Anchorman quote. <laughs> just having, you just you're just a kid on acid, just having a good time. Kids being yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the one? But there's got to be somebody. Like uh, when Sublime rejoined with Rome, it's not exactly Sublime, which is my all-time favorite band, probably. And because Bradley Noel died in 1994, and I never got to see him at that point, and I, I, I went and saw them four times with when they when they regrouped with Rome and redid basically all the old Sublime stuff. I traveled around this uh, Ohio Valley area and saw them four different concerts, and uh, within just a year, who's the one band? There's one artist, obviously living, that you would you'd be willing to say I can't, I got to go see that concert. There's got to be somebody. Who's your favorite? <sighs> I, I like rap, so I think some rap concerts would be up there. And yeah, then rap concerts I, are hit and miss, though. I've been to some. Wu Tang was been, good in good in concert, but Too Short was awful. Never been to a rap concert before. Uh, I and I really I don't know if I'd drop a hundred dollars to see them, but I really would like to see Sunday Best too. Uh, they're great. I'm not familiar with them. They're uh, they're from they're uh, from Kentucky and kind of have a a bluegrass country sort of thing going on. I I, I think I've told you to play them before, uh, but they're great. I'm just, I like music, and I can listen to it on my phone. I do listen to it on my phone whenever I work out. I obviously listen to music during that stretch. Whenever I'm on my car, I put on my Pandora. I just don't feel the need to go pay and see it in person. Okay, then pay, you listen to Pandora. What are the, name your top three Pandora channels that you go to? My my Little Wayne station, <laughs> okay. which, is, which is about seven years in the making. He was in concert here in Louisville uh, recently, I believe. My Kanye West station. Okay. Which isn't as old. And then, which this is kind of strange with them being at Forecastle, my my Modest Mouse one, uh, which is also about six years in the making. 
All so right. it's really not just modest. You know, you know how Pandora works. It's not like you're just listening well, you, to that one yeah, guy. I go to but Sublime and get a lot of Josh Johnson and a lot of Dirty Head and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I'm just not a, not a huge music guy. But like I said, if I stumble upon tickets and it works out, maybe I'll go. Doubtful that happens. But uh, we need to get back to some of the football talk. There was a few texts that I that I missed earlier. Um, early, much earlier on in our conversation. Clayby116 wanted to say that he agrees with you, Trevor. It's not that big of a deal if they don't sell out, uh, but they should expect a big crowd. Sellouts will come with wins, not an updated stadium. But here's the thing. Guess what, Clayby116? UK hasn't lost this season. (laughs) Heading into the 2015 season, they haven't lost. They're undefeated. They haven't lost a single game. And you're telling me that it's okay if that place is not packed to the brim? For the first game of a newly renovated stadium with hope on the line, you're saying it's okay if UK doesn't sell out. There's going to be recruits there. And you're saying to them, hey, guess what? We've got a whole season of promise. We have zero losses. Everything's looking up. If we win this game, that means we only need five more to make a bowl. But it's okay if you don't sell out. That doesn't speak volumes of the football program. What would you define as uh, a – just? I mean, what if it's 90% sold out? I mean, is that still okay? I mean, does that not – no, I mean, you, it you have, needs you have, to be sold out. I mean, you, I mean needs, you mean every level, all the way up to the wall at the top of the stadium. Yes, yes, it needs to be sold out. And while I'm putting pressure on UK fans, Kentucky itself, UK itself needs to do what they need to do to make sure that it gets sold out. So let's say it's a week before the game and there's 2,000 tickets still available. Well, then you better drop the price on those suckers and make sure you, you get butts and seats because it's, it's just as much on UK as it is on UK fans. So if it doesn't happen, I'm going to blame UK as much as I am the fans, but everybody needs to do their part and make sure it's sold out. And I, I think at the end of the day, it would be. It will be. I think would be pretty disappointed if it wasn't. I Again, I, I'm not surprised if it doesn't be listed as an official sellout, but you're going to see, I think, some... I'm not huge George Costanza-like bald but patches near the top of the stadium, but I think you'll see... Near the upper level, your last three or four rows with some some significant uh, emptiness. But that's I, yeah. I, but that's I don't think that's a I'm not trying, I don't think that's a a bad thing. I mean, I'm I'm hating on Kentucky fans, and I don't think I and I don't mean to make it sound like I'm hating on Kentucky when I say don't no, overlook Louisiana Lafayette. I'm just being a little pessimistic. But I think I mean that's still a pretty good sign. I mean, especially for the fact it is Louisiana Lafayette, even though they are a solid team coming in. You know, and it is the even though it is the first game of the year. I mean, it is again Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, you're Kentucky. You're you're Kentucky football, not Kentucky basketball. You always got to keep that in mind a little bit. But it, all right, so the the stadium capacity is going to go down at the end of these res- renovations. It's going to be around sixty three five. If I if that number is correct, I'm trying to think off the the top of my head what it was. But that shouldn't be hard to fill out. I, I mean, it just shouldn't. It, it doesn't matter if it. If you get 50,000 people to a blue-white spring game two years ago, then you should be able to get 63-5 to the opening game against Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, like I said, all the excuses you have for not going to UK football game, they're thrown out the window. Isn't a spring game free? The spring game is free. You're right okay. about that. All right, so, I mean, You're right about that, but it's still 50,000 people. I mean, it's free, though. I mean, you, you, you can you can – I could get go outside and hand out slices of cheese and give away a thousand of them for free and only sell maybe five of them. And and that kind of goes on with my point where UK needs to do their part to make sure that these tickets are accessible if push comes to shove and it is Monday of game week and there's still a bunch of tickets left. 
UK needs to, to to make them available and drop that price and make sure you get butts in seats. I really do think it's important. Now, at the end of the day, like I said, if they're a thousand short, it's not going to change the outlook of, of the program, but it, it would help recruiting. It would help just momentum of the program to be say, to be able to say, hey, we sold out a game against Louisiana Lafayette. Do you think, and I'm not comparing UK to other big-time programs in the SEC, but do you think these other schools are going to have problems selling out opening week? UK fans so, so much want to be compared on the same level or talked about on the same level or be considered as an SEC school. Do you think these other SEC schools are going to have trouble trying to sell out their stadiums? I don't know. Vanderbilt probably won't sell out. And UK is not trying to be on the Vanderbilt level. Okay, I mean, but I mean, they, Arkansas might not sell out. They I will sell they out, will. without yeah, a will. doubt. Without a doubt, yeah, they, they will. will. They probably I don't know will. who they're playing, they will. Yeah, you're Miss, Missouri they, might not sell out. Missouri, they should. You're right, though. They may not. Missouri, but but Kentucky doesn't want to be compared to Missouri football fans, even though Missouri's won the last two SEC championships. Nobody thinks of Missouri and goes, wow, that's a football powerhouse. I, that's, Nobody that's all I've that got, way. by the way. Those are the only two I can probably guess along with Kentucky. A&M will sell out. Alabama will sell out. Tennessee, oh, and is going to have an unbelievable yeah. crowd. A&M and, will have more people waiting in line for the stadium than probably Kentucky and Louisville combined will have in their both their opening game stadiums. Text, text into the show. You know what would help with momentum and recruiting is winning. And you're right. I'm not saying that just selling out stadiums is going to fix all of UK's problems, but it's the chicken or the egg argument. If you want UK's recruiting to take it up to the next level, it has to be taken as a serious football program, which means the fans are just as on board as the team is. And yes, that does mean winning, but you can't say that fans will come to the game when the team starts winning. That's just not the way it works. I'm sorry. That's not the way that it works. Isn't the quote, uh, if you win, they will come? Isn't that what what, uh, James Earl Jones says in the movie? (laughs) It's not about... It's not about that. They need to come, and then the winning will come. They're going to beat Louisiana Lafayette. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm you're right. By the way, you were going to give me 45 points, right? Isn't that what you said? You and yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know what also is important. Mark Stoops is going to have job offers eventually down the road, and Kentucky is doing everything in their power to say to him, "Listen, we have trusted you from day one. We have liked you from day one. We've given you contract extensions." And, and salary bumps, even after your 2-10 and ten season, we want you at UK. When the big boys come a-knocking, if UK can say, listen, we know we're moving this in the right direction, we know that we can keep this stabilized, because look, we sold out every game. The fans are buying it. You're moving in the right direction. That could help. Now, if you're a 1,000 seats short, like I said, is it a big deal? No, but can you say it's a sellout at that point? Can you say, hey, we've sold out every game this season? No. And you can't sell them out. You can't sell all of them out, Trevor, unless you sell out the first one. <laughs> if you don't sell that one out, you're not going to sell them all out, obviously. If you lose that game, you're not going undefeated. Just remember, don't give Cal Perry a Cadillac and give Stoops a watch, or he's going to end up going to Texas A&M. Yeah. That, by the way, was a Paul Bear Bryant reference. I know. Okay. I'm well aware. I didn't but, know if uh, you were aware of that. I got to check. And, and speaking of the SEC... Uh, they the media picks are out today. Georgia, the overwhelming pick to win the East, understandable. I think that is clear as day as what should happen in the West. Though this is where it gets interesting, Trevor. Alabama picked to win the West. Who do you think was picked to win the SEC? Auburn. 
and you already have been following saw, along. Yeah, yeah. I might so, have woken up at two o'clock, but I I saw that. Yes. <laughs> so how does that happen? Where you have Alabama picked to win the West, Georgia picked to win the East, and Auburn picked to win the SEC. I guess what they did was just pick your SEC West winner, pick your SEC East winner, and pick your SEC champion, and they or or they just told you to rank the teams, this and that. But you can't and you can't not win the West and win the in the SEC championship though. I guess, but but each each media member had their own poll, so I guess more people picked Alabama to win the West than they'd picked Auburn. But I'm assuming that it was very close, and I would imagine I would imagine that more of the people that picked Alabama to win had them losing to Georgia or whoever they picked in the East, Opposed. and more people had Auburn winning the SEC that picked them. So I'm sure that's the way that it worked out. Still kind of funny it worked out that way. I, I would think that maybe you need to figure out a system where that can't happen. Funny here's, or confusing, either one. Here's the crazy thing. Uh, Kentucky picked six in the SEC East. They're picked just above Vanderbilt, um, behind Florida, uh, by a, a relatively significant margin. But they picked. They received one vote to win the SEC East, Trevor. Really? One vote. And tell me why you voted that way. Yeah, yeah. You think that out of all the UK media members and and homers, you think I'd be the one that would vote for that? I I don't know. Would you? Hell no. <laughs> okay. Do you know who it was? I have a few. Actually, I don't even have a few guesses. I I have maybe two guesses. Are you going to drop the names on me? Or are you just going to? No, no, I'm not. But I, I do. I get a hint. No, you don't get a hint. Oh, but I my so hint mean. is you you would probably. I think you could probably guess it. But uh, maybe. Um, which is just silly. Uh, Kentucky football is moving in the right direction, as we had Justin on earlier in the show to say. Recruiting is getting better. It, it's it's already been better. Um, the, the the facility upgrades, the stadium upgrades, all those things are helping. Um, talent will be better. Maybe in a few years, UK can be in the East conversation. They're not there yet. Uh, so whoever voted on this... Uh, it's silly, and I, I hate to go as far as saying they should lose their vote, but they probably should lose their vote. I'm, a, I'm a guessing the last time Kentucky won the, an SEC, well, I guess it wasn't. they didn't have an SEC East and West at the time, but it was 1977, right? 76? 77. 77, which they Pretty won the East. SEC in general because they didn't, have, yeah, they didn't go to divisions till, uh, till when, uh, what is it, Arkansas joined the, the, the league in 91 or 92, I think. So that would mean that if you were, let's say, a freshman at UK and your freshman year was uh, the fall of 1977, you saw UK win the SEC and you saw UK basketball win the national championship that spring. That would be a pretty damn good year to be a UK student. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I think my uncle was at Kentucky at the time, if I'm not mistaken. I would imagine, I guess, 1950, I don't know if UK technically won the SEC, but I know in 51... They went to the Sugar Bowl, and they won a national championship in basketball in, in 51. Well, 50, they also beat uh, the end of the Oklahoma streak, did they not? I thought that was – was it 50 or 51? It was – Because that's, uh, that's the game I'm talking about. Well, in 50, they went, they went 11 and 1 under Bear Bryant. And I have to – should they – and they won no, – No, it, it, was, it was the 51 Sugar Bowl, but it was the 50 season. Okay, well, fifty season. You know the the bowls and the years change around. It's kind of confusing. But it's yeah, it is confusing. But it technically was the nineteen fifty one Sugar Bowl, and that was I still uh, so that, in Tennessee that year. Some things. So that change. Kentucky. So if you were a freshman at UK back in nineteen fifty in the fall, 
you saw a damn good football team, 11-1 season, a Sugar Bowl champion. A lot of people consider that to be a national championship winning Kentucky football team. And then later that year, Rupp went on to win the national championship in basketball. Not That'd bad. be a pretty sweet year to be a freshman at UK. Not a bad. That's when they played on Old Stoll Field. <laughs> played at a Memorial Gymnasium. I, I would, I would imagine. You could have watched those events and gone to the uh, Enchantment Under the Sea dance and uh, enjoyed a little music by Marty McFly. <laughs> be a nice, uh, be a nice time to be on Kentucky. Isn't that camp. when he went back? Wasn't it like 1952 or something when he went back in the first movie? It was around that time. It was around that time. It was around that time. So, um, But strange that Kentucky got a vote. Uh, I think it's very clear when you look at the SEC. Uh, Georgia is a, a huge, huge favorite to win the East. Uh, Tennessee was finished second. Really, the way they voted, way media members voted, and I didn't have a vote. Um, I pretty much agree with it. I, I, I think I'd put Kentucky over Florida and maybe Kentucky over Missouri. So maybe have Kentucky fourth and move South Carolina up to third. That would maybe be my one thing I would do in the East. In the West, I would move I would move Arkansas above LSU and put them at third. And this is without me having all their schedules right in front of me, but I, I think Arkansas is poised to have a good year in the West. Um, Hasn't Kentucky we'll basically been submitted in that spot, one above the bottom spot, above Vanderbilt for like the last 25 years, though? Yeah, it's it's it it kind of stinks for Kentucky fans because for in the SEC East, especially lately, the SEC East has been down as a whole, and and Kentucky has been down with it, obviously. But even with the East being down and UK being down, they haven't been able to move up or make any ground. It's kind of like they've been brought down while Georgia's been having. Georgia hasn't really had down years, but you, you ask folks in Athens, and they certainly haven't been happy. Tennessee obviously has had some some. They they got duallyed. Uh, Missouri has not. Missouri has not had down years. They've been the exception. Uh, South Carolina has not been a. They haven't been to an SEC. They haven't won the SEC East. They haven't been to the SEC championship game. Uh, obviously, Florida has certainly had their struggles. Vanderbilt was doing well, and then Franklin left, and well. You know, they had that one year. You mean is that basically what you're trying to say? And, and you know, the, another thing I like about the SEC media voting: the guy or or the girl that picked Kentucky, they they had them losing in the SEC championship game. That <laughs> <laughs> just kind of cracks me up. So, so, Wait, it's man, so where do you draw the line? Is that where you draw the line? Then is losing in the title game? They don't. I'm I'm sorry. You don't. At this point, your fanhood and your homerism doesn't take exactly. you to at least a victory over Alabama or Auburn. Exactly. <laughs> is that whoever did this? And again, they're they're certainly a Kentucky fan. Uh, they're they're really optimistic and they're having so much fun filling out. Probably, uh, I'm sure it probably wasn't this person's first SEC media uh, ballot or prediction ballot and. Pick Kentucky to win the East. Yeah, this is Kentucky's year. They're going to be able to squeak out wins here. They're going to be able to beat this team there. They're going to do it. But once they get into Atlanta, the dream ends. And then and then they come back down to reality and goes, eh, I don't think it's really realistic that they're going to beat Alabama and Atlanta. I agree with you, Trevor. Why not just finish it out at that point? I mean, yeah, hell, undefeated national champion. By the way, Kentucky has not uh, finished higher than fourth in the SEC East or fourth in the uh, fourth in the SEC in general since 1977, when they still actually didn't win the SEC that year, they came in second to Alabama. Yeah, that's that's uh, not that's not a good stat, but again, you know, you Things move in the right direction. Change. 
you, you move in the right direction. You, you keep chugging along. You sell out stadiums, and the winds will follow. Uh, seen on Twitter that Jawan passed, like we uh, like we started the show with Trevor. When he picked Louisville, he faked towards the Alabama hat. He did the old one-two fake. And uh, just showing you a preview of that uh, play action, you'll be getting a good dose of in a couple years. He also said, made a comment that's gotten some Auburn fans a little riled up when he said uh, he he, did, he basically said he didn't choose Auburn because he didn't feel like they created a next level quarterback. Oh, Auburn fans are not a little happy about that. I'm sure they're not very happy with that he didn't choose them, but not even not even happy, less happy about his little uh, I guess shot at maybe Auburn. What do you call Cam Newton? <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I mean, you could say kind of Cam Newton is in the same realm of did they build him or was he already a pro when he got there? I I mean, and you know, I know we talked, we've talked about this, we talked about I mean, this. There with is Dawson. Bo Jackson also, but I mean, but, but I kind of hate that argument. I just hate the was he did Auburn build him or was he already a quarterback like that? Well, he went to Florida first, technically. Oh, well, I, I know, and then he went to to JUCO. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure Bobby Petrino reminded him that Cam Newton was a a quarterback that was already already established. And if you take him out of the equation, what's some other quarterbacks from from Auburn that have been successful that have had good pro careers? I I I hate to say that. I it makes me sound bitter, but yeah, I, said I, you I, can call Cam Newton the exception, and he and he probably he probably is, but still. It it I I don't everybody does negative recruiting, but it still kind of bothers me. Let a kid make a decision for what he feels is best for him, not what you're going to say negatively about other schools. Not saying that that's what happened with Louisville, but the fact that he says that, you know, who do you think told him that? Who do you think planted that seed in his head? Maybe he thought of it himself. No, nah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyways, uh, we're out of time for today's show. Uh, but it is a big get for Louisville. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And uh, both Kentucky and Louisville doing well in the recruiting trails. That's something that you haven't always been able to say. And it will always be a basketball state, but there's there's obviously enough room for football, and I'm, I'm glad to see both programs doing well. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday edition of the Sports Talker. We'll see you then here on 1450 The Sports Bus. Tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right.